a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Jesus does not lie. And he told me, you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told me, this is my blood shed for you. He told me, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And I've heard the Lord's voice in the absolution forgiven me. He's, he's told me that he, uh, that he loves the world, that he died for the world, that he shed his blood to save me and forgive me. He said it, and he doesn't lie. Those sins which we're supposed to be conquering have been conquered, not by our striving to overcome them, but have they been conquered by the death of Jesus. Those sins, even those pet sins that we're supposed to overcome, even the the sins that we keep coming back to, those have been crucified with Christ. Uh, and now uh, sanctification is is putting to death the old the old Adam, the old flesh, by confessing our sins. I wasn't paying attention to what you just said. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading Facebook statuses. It's a bit like uh, the pep band uh, before the big game is what that theme music is like. It gets gets you. I know, excited. and I, to be one, am tired of it. Oh, <laughs> you're not supposed to be tired of pep bands. You're supposed to like pep bands. <laughs> it kind of gets it you. It goes on and on. It's like the middle school pep band that has like one trombone and one flutist. <laughs> and maybe a, a marching French horn and no drums. That's what that bump music is like. Pastor Rolfner's in a frenzy. Shocker, why, I know. Which is why I am throwing down a challenge. I know it's completely unexpected, Evan. What's <laughs> the, where's this coming from? What's what, he going to do? Wait, 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 wait. You're tired of something after, you know, a month of using something? A month? We've been using that particular bump for a year. How long have we been doing Two this radio years. show? Like... Two years. I, so in the last two years, we've had two themes. Themes. <laughs> but this is my challenge to you: is to uh, I'm challenge. I'm going to create a new bump into the show, and I and uh, you should try to do that also. And then we'll help, we'll play them both, and then the listeners can determine which is their favorite. Okay. New intro music. New intro into the show. Okay, we, the we'll challenge. do that. And the winner of the challenge not only gets to play their bump as the intro to the show. The winner of this challenge also gets 10 million Table Talk Radio points. Oh, I don't know if I want to rob you of all those Table, table Talk Radio points. J- just the satisfaction of using my theme music uh, will be good enough. <laughs> but uh, uh, th- So the background here is that uh, uh, Pastor Wolfmiller was listening to like Rush Limbaugh, who, who he heard had a short uh, introduction music. And he thought, you know, if Rush Limbaugh is like that, we should be like that too. And uh, and you know the, the theme music to a radio show is like uh, the the logo of any other uh, business or anything like that. So when you hear when you hear this thing, it makes you think of you know. So it's like when you see the golden arches, you think of McDonald's. Um, no. So let me ask you, Pastor Wolfman, when you're when you're driving around and the radio is on and you hear Viva La Vida from Coldplay, what comes to mind? I do think of issues, etc. And when I'm driving around in the radio and I hear. I think, oh, Table Talk Radio. Now, also, the other background part, though, is that I was listening to our show accidentally. I don't know how it got downloaded onto my phone. And I was listening to our show. It started, and I was like, what is this thing? I just fast-forwarded it. And then I, I was listening to it again and the same sort of thing. I just fast-forwarded past this, and I said, I bet all our listeners are doing the same sort of thing. So, dear listener, uh, if you're fast-forwarding the show through the first part, 
I'm coming for you. I'm going to help. So there you go. <laughs> All right. What are we doing today? All right. We're going to be, uh, <laughs> uh, after buzzwords and responding to the emails, we're going to do oh, 10 uh, commandments in the news, which I need to find an article for. And no then problem. we have uh, the revamped Praise Song oh, yeah. Cruncher. Praise Song Cruncher 2.0. Yeah. It's still in its beta phases, but we're uh, throwing it at you to, to see uh, what you, the Table Talk Radio listener, thinks of their our new Praise Song. Cruncher. Yeah, so um, we got it. We're gonna run through the new Praise Song Cruncher 2.0, and uh, and then we're gonna use it, see how it goes. So you could take it for a test drive today. Yeah. So you stay tuned for that. Uh, do you have a theological buzzword for me, Pastor? No, no. You go first. Okay. I I'm pretty sure we've used this one before. Finishing up the Praise Song Cruncher 2.0. Uh, I saw that Hold on a minute. you just added it. I just I just received it. Oh, good. So you you literally are doing show prep during the beginning of the show. Yeah, uh, that is not. And you thought I didn't do any work for that you. That is not a joke. <laughs> okay, my theological buzzword for you is a repeat. It is pietism. Um, what? You can't use that. We use that like every other show. So, um, pietism, pietism is like the buzzword where if you say if you want to if you want to alienate someone politically, you call them a Nazi. If you want to alienate <laughs> alienate them theologically, you call them a pietist. Yeah. What is that little rule called online that if a discussion goes long enough, it'll inevitably inevitably be reach Nazis or Hitler. Oh, oh yeah. I don't know. but um, yeah. it's, it's, I think it's true. It is true. If, well, it, okay, if a table like radio show goes long enough, it eventually reaches pietism. I'll, I'll give you I'll give the option. These are the two things that have been on my mind lately. Confession or pietism? Which one do you want? Or pietism. I take pietism. Okay. Uh, we do this. I already wrote it down as why. Okay. <laughs> pietism. I think uh, on these airwaves, we've defined pietism, and I think in a nice, simple way, that is... Um, uh, an emphasis of um, moral living over doctrine. Is that right? Uh, yes. The emphasis is growth and good works oh, over purity and good works. of doctrine. Yeah, that's right. Growth and growth in good works over purity of doctrine. And uh, so this this happens. This has its roots in uh, uh, Spainer, right, in the, in the late 17th century. Um, and so, so here, Spainer's looking around. Spainer was a Lutheran. Uh, you know, uh, Lutheranism's big contribution to Christianity. <laughs> and <laughs> thanks, thanks, Lutherans. <laughs> You're right. I know. And uh, and I uh, know. You know, all the bad things came out of Germany. So you got <laughs> Pietism, and then you have Romanticism, and then a few years later, you have uh, a higher criticism. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but so so Spainer's looking around at at um, Orthodox Lutheranism and he's thinking these guys are are, are just dead. They, there's no life in them, and so he started emphasizing the the individual uh, Christian life and uh, promoted a vigorous Christian Christian life living. And so now uh, it has I, I think it's morphed a lot since Spainer, but but now what we have uh, the result is is this care of of growth and good works over the purity of doctrine, uh, uh, which um, is bad because uh, if you don't have the purity of doctrine, you uh, uh, don't have salvation because it's in it's in the doctrine that uh, that we are delivered Christ uh, because we are del- uh, I mean the content of our doctrine is is uh, is is a confession of Peter you are the Christ the Son of the Living God and without yep. that and, and, and Jesus says uh, you have not received that from flesh and blood but from my Father in heaven. Got it. Pietism. I'm going to get that, no problem. Your theological buzzword is Erasmus. That's a name, by the way. Desiderius Erasmus. Here, I got the, so here's the intro. 1466 to 1536. 
He was Dutch, humanist, scholar, theologian. He was born in Rotterdam, Holland. Uh, now, the big thing with uh, Erasmus is he uh, writes this book on the freedom of the will, to which Luther responds uh, with his masterful book, The Bondage of the Will. Now, I was thinking about Erasmus last night. That's why this guy came to mind. Uh, uh, aside from it also came up on my random article on Theopedia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Erasmus makes the argument like this. Ready for this? You ready? You, ready? Mm-hmm. you thinking? If God commanded it, then we must be able to do it. Because, after all, if God commands things that we're not able to do, he would be cruel. It'd be like you telling the, you know, demanding of a child that they dunk a basketball, and if not, they have to face your severest wrath. And we'd say of a person that would do that, they would just be a cruel sort of person. Uh, Luther responds to that argument and says, now look, it, uh, uh, it would be true that that would be cruel if the point of the law was to get us to do things. But it just happens that Paul says over and over, uh, as all the whole Bible does, is that the point of the law is to show us our sin. That's the chief point. So the, uh, so the commandment does not assume the capacity to keep the command. That's Luther's response to Erasmus. You going to be able to get that one in there? Oh, yeah. Now, see, this is breaking new ground because this is the first name that we've had as a theological buzzword. Really? Really. Hmm. I don't make these... Okay, real quick, we can go to email because we have about a couple minutes. Uh, this is sent to us by Matthew in Rochester, New York. He says, Dear Table Talk Radio, I think that you guys have a great show going. I have recently Thank read you, Matthew. Pastor Wolfman's article on sanctification as well as the show you devoted to sanctification, and I agree with it fully. I like the way that it is consistent with Romans 7, that I am both not able to sin and, and able to... Wait, wait. That I am both not able to sin and not able to not sin. <laughs> Um, Got it. He's writing like Paul in, in Romans 7. If you could write, uh, if you could say that in Latin, I'd appreciate it. I'll try. Um, oh, shoot, we're short on time. Otherwise, I would. Okay, since God has justified <laughs> me and he uses his law and gospel as he grows and matures me in faith and life, what other cooperation do I have than actually doing the good works that God causes me to do? In particular, do I make spiritual decisions? How are they made if I am 100% saint and 100% sinner? In what way is is my free will after conversion? Fantastic question. What do we have? 30 seconds for that sort of thing? Uh, no, no, no. We have you know 26. <laughs> it's a it's a complicated question. I think I, I, if we start with the right understanding that we have two natures, the um, uh, the divine, uh, not the divine nature. The, we have our uh, uh, the the spiritual nature, the new man, which is uh, completely pure, uh, it's a gift of the gospel. And then we have our own sinful nature, which is completely um, uh, sold under sin. Then we can realize that that the, the old man is completely in, the bond, in bondage, while the new man is completely free and delights with that freedom to love and serve God. Now, how that manifests itself in day-to-day life? Well, it looks an awful lot like there's just one will working. Uh, but every single day is the struggle to repent, which is the, that is the, the struggle of the new man to overcome the old man and to believe the gospel that he's forgiven and holy. All right. When we come back, we're going to play the Ten Commandments of the News. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Yes, I got to have Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. This is Table Talk Radio. 
Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Ten Commandments in the News is the game we're playing. Pastor Wolfman, let's hear what, what news item you have. have no this? charge for awesomeness or attractiveness. Oh, <laughs> He's been wanting to do I this. I can't believe I got this this thing figured out now. I'm uh, I'm Now I just got to build my soundboard and I'll be ready to go. He's Did you hear that? No that charge awesome. for awesomeness. Or attractiveness. Is that a bump on Table Talk Radio yet? There's no charge for awesomeness or attractiveness. No, it's not. He's been wanting to to hook this up for the better part of a year, and he just now figured it out or got the motivation to do it. Um, and this <laughs> yeah, is, I had to press this button. And this is Man. where Table Talk Radio takes a dive. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got a li- I got an email here from a listener. She said she just found us on iTunes somehow, accidentally. Been listening to the show. She really loves it. She's up to show 13. And I was thinking that was about where we peaked, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Show th- what are we on now? 162. Oh, man. That's terrible. Out of 163, so we're almost, we're almost there. We're almost done. <laughs> Okay, Ten Commandments uh, in the News. I have an article for you since you don't have one yet. I'm ready. Oh, don't worry. I got it. All right. And just remember, Evan, just remember. No charge for awesomeness oh, or attractiveness. Luckily, I still have a mute button on this side. Uh, we were talking earlier about it, didn't we, that uh, we should just start the show without you, and then when you walk in, there's just be like this you know, big disappointment that comes over all of our listeners. <sighs> okay, this is from, uh, I don't know, CNET, and it says, British student faces, oh, sorry, British <laughs> British student accused of trying to hack into Facebook. It says, 25-year-old Glenn Mangam, a student in the UK, appeared in court over accusations of trying to hack into Facebook. He allegedly attempted to use various programs to get past Facebook's defenses faces five accounts for repeatedly trying to penetrate the defenses of of the social network under the Computer Misuse Act of 1990, has been banned from going on the Internet in general until he reappears in court for a committal hearing next month. Whoa. (laughs) So you want me... What is it? You just do a little Facebook search? Do you have this thing set up to where anytime there's news about Facebook, it comes to your account? Uh, You want a different one? Uh, Florida teacher reassigned for Facebook comments on gay marriage. You want that one instead? <laughs> what is that one? Wait, oh yeah, I do want that one. Okay. Yeah, that sounded interesting. Florida student, Florida teacher? What teacher was reassigned for Facebook comments on gay marriage. A former teacher of the year in Lake County, Florida, has been reassigned while school administ- administrators investigate comments posted on his Facebook page about same-sex marriage. Lake County Schools com- Communications Officer Chris Patton said. Hold on, hold on. I'm just going to guess if he was talking before, uh, in 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 uh, in support of or against same-sex marriage. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to I'm just going to guess. Okay, wait. I'm going to guess that he was speaking against it. Okay, it's let's, just a guess. Let's find out. Uh, received a complaint Tuesday about the content on Mount Dora High School teacher Jerry Burrell's personal Facebook page, as well as copies of the posts. Bureau's page has since been taken down, but CNN affiliate Central Florida News 13 reported that the status post on it said, I'm watching the news, eating dinner. When the story about the New York okaying same-sex unions came on, I almost threw up. (laughs) That would be against. Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, Patton would not confirm the content of the post, but he said Lake County officials are trying to take the matter very seriously. Um, so, how's that for freedom of speech? Yeah, is it a, is it illegal to be against same-sex marriage? <laughs> I mean, it would make like 78% of the country right. breaking the law. <laughs> okay. I, by the way, think this is kind of important because... um. Uh, because look, we uh, you, this this whole idea of same-sex marriage, which is just first of all, is nonsensical, because there is no. I mean, that's just it's marriage uh, by definition is a man and a woman, and you just can't. You if you take something and redefine it, it is no longer that thing that it was. Uh, so you, there there's no there's no such thing as same-sex marriage. It's just a pretend thing. It's just it's not. It's not even a real question. But the problem is th- that people start to say that marriage, uh, what marriage is, is a matter of um, it, uh, it, it either uh, they can go around two ways. It's a matter that's defined by the state or it's a matter that's defined by the church. No, it's just it just happens to be a matter defined by creation or let's just say it this way. It's a matter defined by natural law, namely to get a child that is to have a family, you have to have a man and a woman. A fact that greatly is, consternates Evan over there. <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem is Facebook. If, if Facebook didn't exist, none of this would happen. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Oh, so the so look, this is the I mean, this is just kind of ridiculous. Now, well, here, here's the here's another important thing though. The church has not. If we say that the Ten Commandments are the manifestation of natural law. So that whenever we go out in the public square and we say, hey, uh, you shouldn't commit adultery. I mean, sexual immorality of every form should not be happening out here. And, oh, yeah, and also you shouldn't kill people. And also you should, hey, respect authority. And also you shouldn't take other people's stuff. And you shouldn't lie about people. Uh, we, we, whenever the, we want to bring the Ten Commandments to the discussion of the public square, we, uh, we got to do the work to show that they are natural law. And this is not, you do not have to have the Bible to know that marriage is man and wife. You do not have to have the Bible to know that you shouldn't steal or kill people or that you shouldn't commit adultery and all this. It's just part of natural law. But but the church has been lazy. And so because we've been lazy and we haven't made that argument, then this thing, um, the question of marriage, the question of abortion, the question of all these kind of civil morality sort of things, um, they uh, they become religious questions, and it's dangerous because they are not religious questions. A husband and wife, uh, being husband and wife, is not a religious question. It's a question of the state. Uh, but the fact that we allow it to be religious um, it means that we're not talking rightly about it, and it means that this kind of nonsense that's going on with um, so-called uh, gay marriage is um, is uh, is going on. Yeah, and I find it's usually the um the side that is in favor of so-called gay marriage um, that usually brings up the religion topic. You know, they're the ones saying, "Look, uh, you, you can't force your religion upon me." And we're going, "Wait a minute! We we never said it was because the Bible says that it's a sin. Homosexuality is a sin that you can't. Com- we're saying that because, as you said, Pastor, look, uh, children need a mommy and a daddy. It's it's that simple. And anyone who uh, has ever been an an infant knows that. Now, certainly, uh, there, there are unfortunate cases when 
um, a child can't have a mommy and daddy uh, for reasons, um, you know, maybe of divorce, which we would also oppose. Uh, sometimes death occurs, and so um, a child grows up without um, both a mom and a dad. Um, however, uh, we admit that that is not the best case scenario. So then to to, to push push gay marriage is 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 defining the family. It, you know, they always say that look, you, you, how we how we what we say marriages has no effect on you, so you should just let us do our thing and you can do your thing. Well, no, when you when you define what marriage is, you define what family is, and now you're not just it's not just pertaining to you; it's, it's pertaining to the children of the community. And so now um, to say that oh well, if if marriage is both uh, if marriage can be for for gays, then therefore we should uh, let them adopt. And now we're we're putting children into that that situation of which is not best for their development. So we we should not allow um, uh, adoption for homosexuals, just like we should not allow adoption for uh, for single mothers or single single you know single people. So I, I can't adopt is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> has has children been clamoring for that? Well, I was thinking either that I, I was thinking either either that or getting a dog. Uh, and yeah. so I, I'm, I might offer I feel do- I feel bad for the child and the dog. <laughs> now, look, this is the thing is that it's not th- th- this argument. We've and we've talked about this before with homosexual marriage that uh, the the person would say, well, I, you're forbidding me to get married. No, no. The, the, the homosexual has the same precisely the same rights as the heterosexual does. Uh, the heterosexual can marry. Uh, that man, for example, can marry any woman that would actually say yes to him. Uh, and the same is true for the homosexual man. There's no difference. There's no The law makes no distinction. But the law says, at least sometimes now, that, look, marriage is a man and woman. And that's just, it is what it is. It cannot, you just can't change something that exists. Uh, so the idea that there's a, a, a double standard is, it's false. It'd be like some. Can you imagine, Evan? Here, you want to marry someone. Who did you want to marry the other day? The um. <laughs> what are you that? talking about? The Miss USA who was uh. <laughs> the other day. <laughs> who visited the campus like, and everything. And, <laughs> and the only problem oh, yeah, yeah. was I remember she didn't... your competition when you were on campus. That's right. Yeah, you you were doing a talk, and then uh, Miss America was there, and like what three people showed up for your talk on funerals, and everyone else was at Miss America's. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Go on. Yeah, so never mind that. But she, the only problem, but with you marrying her, is that she just didn't say yes. Oh, you know, God. I mean that's a, so that, so now you can't get married. So, anyways, this, by the way, has to do with the sixth commandment and also the fourth commandment and also the eighth commandment. I think Facebook always has to do with the eighth commandment. Yes, I agree, and uh, it's best um, to just abandon Facebook altogether to, to to keep your flesh from that commandment. You know, I, I think this is. A good thing to do. Hey, the Praise Song Cruncher 2.0 is coming up. Don't go away. No charge for awesomeness or attractiveness. Table Talk Radio. Unscripted. Unprepared. Unashamed. Everybody 
tells me I am wrong when I know I'm not. Something in me moves me to be strong, cause it's all I got. Hey, that song's about you. I wasn't paying attention. I was working on uh, my soundboard. Says everybody. No charge for awesomeness or attractiveness. You mean you're trying to figure out how to get more than one soundbite on your soundboard? That'd be great. <laughs> no, the song said, uh, everybody tells me that I am wrong, but I know I'm not. You probably get that a lot, don't you? Uh, yep. <laughs> okay, it's hard to imagine something as good as the praise song Cruncher improving, but it has, uh, we hope, or at least we'll let you be the judge of that. It's the praise song Cruncher 2.0. Now, Pastor, tell us why uh, the update uh, was needed. Well, um, it was because you know the you know the story of the praise song Cruncher, and that is that we started to realize that there was something more going on. That you, it was not enough to ask of a praise song. Hey, praise song, you teaching any false doctrine? Because oftentimes they just didn't say anything back to you. Yeah, uh, you know, praise song doesn't seem to do that. <laughs> so we had to ask. We had to we had to go a little more in depth. We had to kind of. You know, push down. Remember the praise song cruncher was like the, the, the sandpaper gloves to grab the greased watermelon. So uh, so we were working on that. But I think what's happened as we, uh, as we have explored these praise songs and the mystical content of them, we've been able to come up with some more characteristics, uh, some more precise characteristics, in fact. Um, and so uh, we've, I've outlined some of those characteristics here in the cruncher itself. So the cruncher should now be a slightly better tool, uh, both to teach the dangers of mysticism and to crunch the praise song. Great. I'm ready. So uh, I sent you the PDF. Did I send you the PDF? Yes, but I have I to reinstall PDF. Adobe we, we'll to, first. Oh, you do? So but we'll be able to get this dude up on the, uh, what's it called, website? Yes, it's called the website, and yes, we'll get it up there. <laughs> okay. So uh, here it is. I'll run through it pretty quickly here. Praise on Cruncher 2.0. First question, is Jesus mentioned? Yes, no. If yes, is it by name or concept? Same. No change there. Now, question two and question three is where you'll notice the major overhaul. Question two is now mystical form. We're going to look at the form of the song. This is kind of formal principle question. The form of the song and see. So, uh, point one, truth. Does the song use sentences with subject, verb, object, or sentence fragments and impressions, imagery? Without sentences, it is impossible to express truth. And then point two, repetition. Is the song repetitive, using the same phrases over and over? Is it very repetitive? <laughs> you like that? It is very humorous. I think that I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, we took out, by the way, the hypnotic mantra in order to uh, appease the our, revolt our, up in our moose jaw. jaw. Our moose jaw listeners. So we didn't want to uh, be insulting to him. Very or not very. That's one to ten, or ten to one. Okay. Now, uh, question did, three. Did you did you align the content. the two point oh to uh, have this uh, this formula ingrained into it so that you can just add up a new formula? Okay. All right. I mean, I haven't sorted out the formula yet. I haven't done the uh, differential equation. I could never get the equation to work before. Maybe it'll be easier this time because remember how last time it had clarity and then mysticism, right? And they were kind of um, the opposite, right? You have like to do a negative was good value on one. one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know who I wrote that. that out. 
Question three is um, mystical content. And um, here we have five characteristics. Immediate. Does the song talk about an immediate experience of God, seeing, touching, feeling God directly? Second, romance. Does the song use romantic imagery? Third, loss of self. Does the song talk about losing our identity, being lost in God, absorbed, consumed, engulfed? Are we surrendering or abandoning ourselves, etc.? Fourth, internal. Is the action of the song or of God inside of me? And then finally, subjective. Is the song about the things that God has done, objective, or about me, subjective? So, what, and then a scale of 1 to 10. So on the, what, what oftentimes people take the, the uh, romanticism or the emotional nature of the, the praise songs, um, which is really just one way of expressing this, this mysticism, what you've done with the 2.0 is, is almost itemize the different ways of which songs um, move towards mysticism. Right, and I think this list, this itemized list, the two types of mystical form and the five types of mystical content will be, I think we might be adjusting it, Praise Song Cruncher 2.2 or whatever, because I think this can be even honed and more precisely tuned. Hmm. All right. Uh, Four is law and gospel. It's the same except for the last question here. Is the power of God emphasized over the mercy of God? (laughs) That's a new question. Uh, And then finally, is there any explicit false teaching? Same. So, there you go. Praise Song Cruncher 2.0. All right. And what do you think, by the way? This is your first look at it. You're just now seeing it. Uh, I, 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 well, let's see, let's see how it does with the praise songs, and we'll, then we'll see how it does. All right? So the first one okay. is uh, sent to us by a couple people uh, in the same church, actually. And this is a hill song, the song Forever Rain. Here it is. song goes like this you are more you are more than my words going to sing it no do you want to sing go ahead no charge for awesomeness or attractiveness <laughs> there's gonna be a charge pretty soon uh you are lord you are lord all creation will proclaim you are here you are here in your presence i'm made whole 
you are God, you are God of all else, I'm letting go. Um, and then you have the refrain, I'm, oh, I'm running into your arms, I'm running to ar- I'm running to arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares to your embrace. Light of the world forever reign. Now, uh, this, this is where we need the cruncher, right, Pastor? Because uh, most people know that one of the major complaints of praise songs is they just have uh, no content and, and they, they're really shallow. And so someone might look at this and say, oh, well, we have talks about uh, you covering all my sin and death losing its yeah, steam. Yeah, yeah. So, so and, and you know what might, are the other... Uh, oh, wait, uh, you were talking, sorry. Uh, say, on, the surface, on the surface, <laughs> we might think that this has some content, but uh, where does the praise song cruncher shine here? Well, yeah, that's right. And here's the other thing that, you know, that the praise songs are all about I, me, you know? Mm-hmm. But this is not, there's not a, I mean, I don't think there's an I in here. It's all you directly addressed to God. Well, there is a contraction. Uh, I'm running to your arms, but yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, I, I get your point. I'm made whole. <laughs> See, so this is not focusing on the self, etc., etc. It is focusing on God and the things that he's done, and it has forgiveness of sins, etc. So, you're right, Evan. Crunch the praise song cruncher. It is important. Let's uh, do it. All right. Uh, I don't. I still don't have it in front of me, so you're going to have to go through it. What? Praise song number one. Uh, uh, Jesus. Mentioned yes or no by concept. Oh, so I'll give you the questions, and you can crunch. No, 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 you're better at crunching. You, you do it. Well, you're a pastor now. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, hold on, let me get my praise song cruncher <laughs> collar on. All right, here it is. <laughs> I'll send this to you so you have it, by the way. So, Jesus, is Jesus mentioned? Uh, I think he is by concept. When it says, you have covered all my sin, I think that applies to Jesus. Uh, and certainly all of these... Um, I, I think there may be some, um, uh, you, you do, I think we've talked about this before, that the praise songs prided themselves initially on accessibility, that the, the, the old stingy hymns are too hard for people to, to, to know when they walk in the door, they don't know what people are singing about. So the praise songs set out to be accessible. Although I think that you would probably have to have some inside information to understand some of this. So I think right. if you if you have some if you have a little inside baseball knowledge that you can understand this to be Jesus. Otherwise, you wouldn't know it to be Jesus. Right, that's right. Because Jesus is never named, but um, that he is peace and that he is truth, um, etc. Oh, he is there is there is this line at the second to last. My heart will sing no other name, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, I didn't even see that's on page two here. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus is mentioned by name. All right. So, uh, what's the next question? We'll get to the break and then Uh, come back and address uh, it. Oh yeah. So the next question is mystical form. Uh, Are there sentences and is it uh, repetitious? All right. So we're going to look at that question, the mystical form. You're listening to Table Talk Radio, the Praise Song Cruncher 2.0. not a radio show it's a relationship stay tuned for more table talk radio
Crunching the song by Hillsong Forever Rain. Time for the mystical content question. Uh, Pastor, what am I looking for on mystical content? We've got... Oh, hold oh, on. I'm trying to look for soundboards. Never mind. Here. I got All right, it. Here okay. it is. Mystical form, truth, and repetition. So, does the song use sentences, subject, verb, object, or sentence fragments and impressions? Is the song repetitive, using the same phrases over and over? Is it very repetitive? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, not too much repetition. You have the refrain that repeats... Uh, Okay, three times. But that's not like this heavy repetition. I don't know. What do you think about the repetition on that? What uh, do you think about the repetition Fairly on that? repetitive. It's kind of <laughs> medium repetitive. <laughs> okay. uh, I mean, especially since the fact that each line is repeated once at least. You are good. You are good. There's uh, nothing yeah, good that's to true. me. You are love. You are love. You are light. But that's just a device. That could be responsive. Um, the the lector is, is seeing, seeing the, the, the liturgist yeah, is I think seeing it's the first part and l- then the congregation is responding. True enough, like the psalms. Uh huh. Okay, so um, medium repetition. So I would put this on. Let's see, sentences. I think there's sentences too, by the way. Good. So let's put this on a uh, four towards not mystical. Okay. On mystical form, at least. Now, mystical content. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, immediate. Does the song talk about? I got this, by the way. Does the song talk about an immediate experience of God, seeing, touching, feeling God directly? Uh, let's see. Yes, it does. I'm running in, running to your arms. I'm running to arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares to your embrace, light of the world, mm-hmm, forever mm-hmm. ring. So there is. So the, that's so. The, now, by the way, these two kind of bleed into each other: the immediacy and the romance. So. Uh, oftentimes they're connected, so so it has both the immediacy and running into your arms, and also the romanticism there, your embrace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, what about loss of self? Uh, does the song talk about losing our identity, being lost and got absorbed, consumed? Um, well, I mean, you sort of have that and talk about embrace, but... Yeah, here's a little bit. You are here, you are here in your presence. I'm made whole. Uh-huh. Uh, you are God, you are God. Of oh, here we go. All else I'm letting go. Yeah, there it is. Of all else I'm letting go. Yep, sure enough. Amazing, isn't it? Sure enough. I mean, it's almost like it's almost like we're getting used to this praise song stuff. <laughs> almost. Like we got an idea of what's going on over here. All right, internal is the action of the song of God, of God inside me. Uh, this one yeah. is actually outside, I think, isn't it? Yeah, half and half. Oh, that's all right. I mean, it's half and half. But look, uh, yeah, you've conquered all my sin. That's outside. Mm-hmm. Your light when darkness closes in. That's external stuff. Um, so yeah, this is not so. This is not so much an internal song. And then subjective is a song. Of, and we already said this. This song is pretty objective. It's talking about things that God has done. But very half and half. Very mystical on the uh, immediate and the romance. So I'm going to put it tor- towards the mystical side. About a seven point. Seven. Okay, law okay. gospel. Uh, how detailed? Seven point seven. Hey. All right. Well, no, nothing. I've got nothing against your accuracy. Good. All right. Law yeah, gospel. Yeah. Law gospel. Okay. How's it? Um, how's it fair here? Uh, you do have some gospel talking about covering all my sins, turn death 
death has lost its sting. What I think we see here is the failure to proclaim any kind of law whatsoever. Do you see any law in here whatsoever? Uh, First line, you are good, you are good when there's nothing good in me. Okay. Okay. But that's about it. So, and then there's a little gospel in the first line. You are hope. You are hope. You have covered all my sin. In fact, I kind of think that if you just stopped there at that point, you know, just saying the first part, if we just crunched the first stanza here, it would have come out all right. Okay. Um, in fact, even the second stanza, you are life. You are life. And you, death, has lost its sting. You are joy. You are joy. The reason that I sing, you're true. You're true. Even in other words, the first two stanzas here are pretty. Are pretty good. They're pretty solid. But then the chorus and the um, and then it just kind of gets more uh, it gets more praise songy. So um, I think you should change number five to to read. Is there any explicit false teaching not already addressed? Because by the time you go through the mysticism, uh, you've probably if you got caught up in mysticism, you're already talking about explicit false teaching. But um, I don't. Oh, I see you typing it right now, right in front of me. Really? You yeah. can watch it? Yes, that's creepy. Space. Is there already, any? I get not already. already. A D D R E. See, look. Normally, you don't like it when I work during the show. <laughs> it's not so bad. I can actually. It's kind of just kind of cool. It's popping up on my screen. That's pretty neat. Anyway, we're sharing. We're sharing Google Documents. Is how this is going. Okay. Um. So, uh, I don't know that there is any explicit false teaching that we didn't already address with mysticism. Good enough. Okay. All right, so this What's is next? Crunch. We got another song? Yes, this one. Let me pull up the email real quick. Um, this is a revelation by Third Day. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, play, I'll play the song, then we'll read the email. Here, here's Third Day. My life led me down the road that's so uncertain. Now I am left alone and I am broken. Trying to find my way, trying to find the faith that's gone. This time, I know that you are holding all the answers. But I'm tired of losing hope and taking chances on roads that never seem. Evan, we sang this gym at chapel today here at Concordia in St. Louis. It was one of the two mandatory chapels for us first-year guys. It was the only song we sang in chapel. The presider was playing the bass guitar. <laughs> oh, man. Sincerely unnamed St. Louis seminarian. All right, Ugh. so this is what we have singing at the seminary in St. Louis. Uh, give me revelation. Show me what to do because I've been trying to find my way. I haven't got a clue. That's for sure. All right. I, you know, I, I didn't know these guys. Third day. You remember back in the day when you used to listen to Christian radio station? Yep. I, li- I like Third Hootie, Day. Third Day was the Hootie and the Blowfish 
uh, alternative. <laughs> Remember that? You like Hootie and the Blowfish, so you should listen to Third Day. There was all these radio stations that had these things. They had these comparative charts, you know, like you like U2, really? well, you should listen to this guy. You like this sound. So, you so they would have the uh, Christian alternative to the secular sound. What was the Christian and alternative to, like, Kiss or ACDC? They have this Christian death metal. Ugh. I never was right into that. I like the Christian Latino rap myself. <laughs> anyway, third day was the Hootie and the Blowfish alternative. What about a country alternative? Yeah, I want some Garth Christian Garth Brooks. Can I? Oh yeah, it's there. You could okay. probably you could probably get a nap for that. You just ask around on Facebook for you. And if, if only you could sing into it. Except when you sing into it, it wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah, I kind of like their day. I didn't know that they were praise uh, guys though. I mean, I didn't know they were writing music for the praise service. Well, I'm I not think, 100% sure that they are. I mean, no, I think that's it. I think because um, we had another submission that, that we'll maybe do in a future show, a song by Stephen Curtis Chapman, "Live Out Loud," and they said that look, we sang this in our LCMS church today, and uh, I don't think that these guys are writing. I think they're writing to put out a, put out an album. They're trying to uh, entertain, um, but you know, so have Christian lyrics, and now people are taking this and bringing it into their churches. Yep. Now, the, here, this the the cornerstone of this particular hymn here, "Give Me a Revelation," a revelation is this request to God to give us a revelation. Tell me, should I stay here? Do I need to move? Give me a revelation. I've got nothing without you. So it is the cry out to God uh, that He would give us a revelation. Yes. You so know what, you know what makes this song successful? It's not what? it's not the mysticism because I, I you know. Because uh, we, we discussed it, it's not really for the praise song. But what makes this song successful is that most every Christian thinks that uh, their job is to discover God's will for their life. And now this song is relatable. And the problem is that God already has told us his will, but we get all bored with it, you know? Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I've heard the Ten Commandments before, you know? <laughs> Love right. your neighbors yourself. Right. I want something awesome. Right. I want God to tell me to do something cool, like sell all my stuff and move to Fiji mm-hmm. or whatever. And so you listen to some third day, and then you get that revelation. Now, look, the revela- we ha- if we know that the revelation of God is coming in his scriptures, then that's fine. But then, really, if we know that, we don't need to sing this song, because <laughs> we could just go pick up our Bible. <laughs> we could say, give me uh, a Bible, show me <laughs> what to do. But the point, and this is uh, mysticism, it is that it's this move away from the external to the internal. How is that revelation going to come? How is the revelation going to come? It's going to be personal, and if it's personal, it's going to be internal. So that's where how how the mysticism makes its way into this song. I mean, now, some guy's going to say, well, look... We sang this right before the sermon, and the sermon, the revelation was the sermon, when the pastor unfolded God's will of law and gospel. Uh, uh, fine, if you want to do that kind of thing. But the point is that that's not what the song is about. I mean, that's not why they wrote the song. Right. There it is. All right, well, thanks for listening on this campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Print out the praise song, Country 2.0, and give it to all your friends. And by the way, open up the hymnal. It's... There's some good songs in there that are better than this. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. This is where you do a joke. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed in this show are not of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of your station. We would like your feedback on today's show. 
Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.